1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Honestly, it just takes a lot of of consistency, a lot of dedication. you know, not only to just do like go there and do the practicing and uh, all that, but as far as like going home and stretching and being that flexible and having that core strength, uh, and just how strict, honestly, like uh, a lot of uh, teachers are, uh, and how they want you to perfect their craft, your craft, and uh, whatever choreography that may be. And so, um, I just remember going through it. It's just tough, you know. They just demand perfection, and so I got a little bit of that in me too. Just you know, trying to do what I do. And I uh, make my perfect my craft really. And. Uh, and I know one of the cool things about him, you know, people talk about him doing, you know, the ballet thing. And uh, I don't know if anyone mentioned he also was big in kung fu as well. So uh, really cool, unique kid. And we're excited to add him.
3: Everybody was kung fu fighting.
4: It is the draft show on the score, and uh, there you hear it. What an amazing background for Kyler Gordon, the Bears' uh, new cornerback. He. Uh, he can dance and he can he can punish you for God's sake. And we are delighted to welcome in the Washington defensive backs coach, Will Harris. Will, good morning, good afternoon. How are you?
2: Good, good afternoon, sir. I'm well. I can't complain. I mean, you just talking about my guys, so I'm I'm happy and excited for him.
3: Hey, coach. Uh, congratulations, two guys uh, in the top 40 picks, uh, McDuffie and now Kyler Gordon. But uh, we're here in Chicago and. Everyone's excited about Kyler Gordon. We're moving to the coach, uh, Eber Flew's system, Tampa 2, uh, defense coordinator Allen Williams. Now, uh, tell us about how, what, what kind of player we're getting in Kyler Gordon and how he'll fit into uh, this Tampa 2-type system.
2: Yep, no doubt. First and foremost, you're getting a great young man. Um, secondly, you're getting a physical guy, as you guys said earlier in the show. Uh, definitely getting a physical guy, but one of the most athletic kids that I've ever seen. And like I said, I've watched a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys come through the University of Washington, but he might be one of the most athletic ones to come through. So he's definitely a physical player, though. That's what I love about him.
5: And immediately when the pick was made, Coach, I, I kind of I tweeted out just about the lineage of, of players in the secondary here over the last, you know, let, let's call it seven seasons there in Washington. Just <laughs> yeah. what you guys have built with the talent and the, the all-around ability. It's not like you just have a bunch of cover corners. Your, your DBs there at Washington right. have really become something special.
2: No doubt. And then it all goes back to uh, Jimmy Lake, who was one of our head coaches. He actually took me under the wing, but kind of got that system rolling, man. And then not only that, like you just said, we try to groom our guys for the NFL. And one thing that's special about Kyler is, I mean, he had the the privilege of watching most of those guys, like uh, Byron Murphy, um, and things of that nature like Taylor rap And so, you know, just keeping that lineage going, like you said, and just making sure we're getting those guys prepared for the next level.
4: When I hear that a guy is a ballet dancer and, and <laughs> can, can fight kung fu style, the thing that occurs to me is how how distinctly different those disciplines are. I don't imagine there's a lot of, uh, of crossover between uh, one of those uh, elements to another, which indicates – he must work awful hard, is it? Yeah. Am I wrong to think that his work ethic must be pretty good if he's doing things that um, polar differ, different?
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, Kyler, that, that's what makes him unique, right? And so he's able to do a bunch of things with his body. He's he's by far one of the most athletic guys I've ever seen, man, just the things that he can do, like backflip-wise. But you say hard worker. I mean, by far one of the best hard workers that I've been around, um, Watch a ton of tape with me. Um, and just this year, man, he came in and just wanted to, he, a lot of people didn't have him on certain drive boards and he was like, we want to change this coach. So how can I change it? And then we came in and just working on his body of work, man. But yeah, it's definitely a, one of the best hard workers I've been around.
3: Hey coach, uh, you've mentioned how athletic he is a few times now. And the thing we heard about Kyler when he was coming out was that 40 time, that four five, tell us how he overcomes that with that athleticism. Yeah and physical style of play you keep telling us about?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just explosiveness. I mean, I've Mm -hmm. talked to most guys, a bunch of GMs, a bunch of head coaches, and, you know, hey, coach, you think he's a force? I know for a fact Kyler Gordon is more of that 4-4 type player. Um, Mm -hmm. I've watched it day in and day out in practice and obviously in games, but I know for a fact you guys are going to see that as he gets out there on that field out there in Chicago, but that's what he's going to bring to you guys for sure is that speed and explosiveness.
5: Will Harris is our guest right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score Chicago Bears draft special here. Uh, uh, Mike Mulligan, Anthony Heron, Olden Kruitz. And we're discussing the first play that came off the board for the Bears, Kyler Gordon from UW. And, Coach, the the off-the-field aspect of it, of it seems really mm-hmm. interesting to me, the, the intangibles, because right now Kyler Gordon, all of us are expecting, he's got to come in immediately and start for this football team. Uh, describe just the level of competition, competitiveness that will have him prepared to be a day one contributor.
2: Yeah, I think that's what makes him special. And one of the reasons why I'm guaranteeing Chicago picked him is just his competitiveness. Um, as you guys can see, man, he w- he was ready to go in that second round. But one thing for sure is what I know for a fact, Kyler's gonna is going to go out there and give him everything he got. Um, and that was kind of the same thing that we saw here. And I'm knowing for a fact he know, he can't wait to get to Chicago and get into the playbook. So right away I can see him contributing to the team for sure.
4: Compare him with McDuffie. Did is there was there a competition between those two guys? Um, <laughs> how did how did that work when you got a guy on either side?
2: Yeah, that's pretty special, right? Uh, no, nah, it's really cool, man, because you know, what they do is they feed off one another. I mean, two completely different type of players in my eyes as I look at it. But, man, they just they push one another each and every day, and they just competed with one another as far as in practice is just, you know, how many picks can I get today, you know, big plays and things of that nature, man. But it was definitely special having both of those guys on each side knowing that you can do different things defensively, schematically-wise.
3: Yeah, and, and now he's got Jalen Johnson, who he's already talked about, and I'm sure those two guys – uh will be competing in practice. It'll be fun to watch, and they'll probably give people a lot of headaches, Coach. But uh, when you talk about a young football player obviously coming into the NFL, tell us about his football character. Uh, there's going to be times where he will get beat. There'll be parts of his games where he's going to have to go into the lab and work on it. And you touched on that a little bit already, about how he yeah. wanted to improve himself. Tell <laughs> us about that side of him, that football character side that all these guys need uh, to get over the fact that some of these guys you gonna get in the NFL are really damn good.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And that's what, I mean, like I said, that's what makes Kyler unique is just his competitiveness. And so even at times he will get beat in practice and he will literally, after practice, work whatever it was that he messed up on at least three times and then he will come up. And it was pretty special, man. He he made me grab all his, his uh, press man uh, cut up and we just watch him and go through him and just go through the details. And so that's one thing that you guys are getting from Kyler Gordon is just the details behind everything. And so I already know for a fact, man, he's going to come in with the right mindset and give you guys everything he got.
4: Coach, we, we read that he has not allowed or did not allow a touchdown in 18 starts and he didn't commit a penalty over the yeah, last two years. I mean Man, well that yeah. I mean believe me if you watch the Bar That is that's good Florida. coaching.
3: That's what that is. That's good coaching. That's good
4: coaching. <laughs> that's right. But but I, I just wonder and I, I mean, you know, can you talk about that whole corner mentality thing? You know, we, we often talk yeah. about baseball players, you know, they they're gonna fail two thirds of the time. I think guys come into the NFL and they have no idea what they're up against because they're gonna you're not going to make every play in the NFL. It's just not going to, it's not feasible. Somebody is going to be right. better than you. How will he bounce back if that happens?
2: Yeah, he's going to bounce back, trust me. Uh, one thing, though, just to talk about the penalties, um, you know, last year we talked about our unit. And we, we didn't give up not one defense of pass interference. So I thought that was the most impressive wow. thing. A lot of people talked about everything of being the number one pass defense, everything like that. But to not have a pass interference was pretty special, man. And that's what they fed off one another about, hey, I'm not giving one up today. I'm not giving a pass up. Like, just to talk that way so they will push themselves to greatness. Um, and so that's one of the things that I loved about both of those guys, man. But more so importantly, like I said with Kyler, if things happen in the game, I knew for for a fact, I'd be like, hey, Kyler, what happened? We'll talk it through on the sideline, and then by that, I'm already knowing he's not going to make that same mistake again. So I think that's the most impressive part about him, man. He's able to fix things in-game, in-game situations.
5: The the tone that gets set in a locker room is really going to be key for where this Bears franchise is at right now. And I, I was able to call sure. a lot of your UW games over the years and just see what you guys had, had been building. You're coming off of a, a difficult season, though. In what ways did you see Kyler Gordon being a positive influence in the locker room in a season where you guys didn't really perform as a team up to the expectations you had set?
2: Yeah, and I think that's another aspect that he's going to bring to this team as well, man, it's just seeing all the ups and downs that we went through. We had some really highs at Washington, and we had some really lows. And just, you know, just me- making sure that he stayed even-keeled. But a lot of guys fed off of him, and he's, you know he- – Once Kyler speaks, everyone knows where it's coming from. It's coming from his heart and just obviously the love that he had for the University of Washington. So, I mean, he's going to definitely bring that leadership ability, but just to keep our team at that even-kill level.
3: Coach, talk to us a little bit about uh, where you see Kyler Gordon playing in the NFL. A big part of this defense is Tampa 2 defense. You think about Rondé Barber. Uh, You think about Kenny Moore, guys who can move in and play over the slot. Not seeing a ton of Kyler Gordon's film. Do you think he has those traits, those characteristics to maybe move in, play over the slot, uh, have the nuances to blitz out of this zone scheme?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, and you say think. I know. Um, oh, I've gotcha. had him for four years, and and we were able to move him all over. Uh, just I wish I could have moved him to safety as well, but I know I needed him at nickel and corner, but. No, for sure, man. And that's the that's the special part about him is a lot of people go, hey, your corner, uh, he can just lock down a side. But one thing about Kyler is, and I said the same thing about Trent, both those guys will make them unique is they can they can draw up the whole defense. He knows exactly what every guy is doing in the back end. He knows what all the linebackers are doing. So I think that's what's going to separate him from understanding about this Tampa 2, which I think is going to be pretty unique for him to be fitting in this system. Is
5: there a story? Yep, yeah, sorry. Is there is there a story about Kyler that stands out where he kind of, you know, obviously just being around him early in his career, you had a sense that there was something there. But was there a, a moment that stood out to you where you knew he could yeah. become the player that he did?
2: How about this, man? Uh, so we were just moving Kyler over to right corner to left corner, uh Cal game. And it would be awesome if you guys got to ask him about this. And I remember we were going through walkthroughs, and I said, hey, Kyler, I had a dream last night. And I was like, man, you had two beautiful picks in this game and literally like in the second play of the game he got a pick and then the third or the, mm. like I would say in the third quarter is when he made his toe tap with the two feet inbounds and then that's when I knew and I was like this kid's elite and that was like the game two or game three of our season
4: you should have you should have dreamt of four coach uh, you know the Bears were surprised he was there and now that's a standard thing you get out of a draft oh my god he was there how could he be there were you surprised that that he went that far I mean you you had the third cornerback taken in McDuffie that was at 21 were you surprised that it uh, that it took till the second round did you think he had a shot in the first round
2: yeah, no doubt. I definitely did. I, I mean, I got a lot of calls from a bunch of guys, and you know, a lot of people spoke highly about his tape and his potential and things like that of that nature, but I definitely did, and that was kind of one of the things I called him right after that first night, and he knew right away, he said, Coach, don't worry. I already know. Like The team that gets me, that's where God wants me to be at, and so I think that's what's special about that whole moment is he had to spend that time with his family in the green room, and then obviously when the Chicago Bears called, man, it was that special moment for him.
3: So, so awesome. For him. We're so excited for him, man, Coach. But um, especially a new regime, a new coaching staff, uh, you've kind of touched on it already, but they're always looking for culture builders, uh, the kind of guys that can take over a locker room. Tell us a little bit about why Kyler Gordon is that guy, how he'll fit into a culture that Coach Flus wants Flues wants to build where everyone has to run to the ball. Uh, he came in, he said, get your track shoes on. And they want (laughs) takeaways, man. They want takeaways all the time in this defense. Uh, How is Kyler going to fit in with that stuff?
2: Yeah, first and foremost, this is a leadership ability. Um, And just I would always say Kyler never has any bad days, man. He's just always got a smile on his face, just being energetic. Um, But most importantly, what he's going to bring is he's going to bring that athleticism and that physical aggressiveness that I know the Chicago Bears are looking for. But like you said, most importantly, great defenses create turnovers. And that's one thing uh, Kyler does, man. He's a ball hawk, and he has that about his game.
5: Why wasn't there mo- more productivity on the ball itself? The ball skills seemed to be there. Why didn't he make more plays on the ball itself throughout his career?
2: That is a great question, but I can answer that. A lot of people didn't want to test number two. So a lot of balls didn't go to his side. So <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty cool, man, because I was trying to move them to certain places so that Teams could test them, and then, like, how, obviously having another guy on the other side of them. I mean, a lot of teams, man, try to run the ball and just throw away from. Them. So that was probably one of the reasons why.
4: Coach, thank you. Really appreciate it. Great insights into the kid, and uh, and obviously, uh, you know, congratulations, as Olin said, it, it, that is remarkable to be landing players uh, in the in the league in this fashion.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. Thank Coach, you,
3: Coach. Congratulations, man. Good luck at Georgia Southern.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you. You guys have a good one.
3: that
4: is will harris the defensive back coach at washington on his way now to georgia
3: southern right yes yes and just a lot of interesting stuff and just uh the kind of guy that when when his coach talks about him guys i mean uh we hear eva flu's talking and as a football fanatic even i get excited you know run to the ball go crazy and uh they want character guys in that building and Man, uh, you just heard his coach rave about him. So uh, I come away a little more excited about this pick, even (laughs) though he's not an offensive lineman and can't play right guard.
5: And (laughs) I'm trying to think, uh, Mully, it might have been – I think I might even come on with you and David a couple of years ago after they drafted Jalen Johnson and was just kind of raving about him because I had called – some of his games in college, and I haven't—I've been, you know, back more calling Big Ten games the last couple of seasons. So Kyler was probably a freshman the last time I called a, a UW game. So I have not haven't necessarily called games he's been on the field, but just for for Bears fans who who don't watch Pac-12 football closely, where the Pac-12 has fallen behind college football in general, has more so been the line of scrimmage, having the offensive lineman, the defensive lineman, who who you see getting drafted high into the National Football League. But Jalen Johnson out of a program in Utah, out of the Pac-12 with defensive backs every year. Quite often here lately, multiple defensive backs going to the league in UW, Washington, O's alma mater. Same type of deal in their secondary, man. So they, they do it at a high level. They throw the ball with volume. There's com- complexity to the passing attacks and to the coverage responsibilities these defensive backs have. You get to evaluate guys against high-level receivers playing man coverage. You see long body types, ball skills. So guys from that region of the country, that's still where, even though you're not necessarily necessarily seeing Pac-12 teams winning national championships right now, but when you're talking receiver, DB, quarterback, you're still seeing elite-level play from there. And so it's a, it's a good indication between Jalen Johnson on one side and now it looks like the Bears, are, at least from an evaluation standpoint, we'll see what happens on the field. But every reason to think Kyler Gordon should project really well to be a quality player here.
4: And Gordon, I mean, you know, he the the 40 time is what held him back because mm-hmm. there are certain traits that, that scouts are going to look for or teams are going to look for. But by all accounts, his suddenness and his burst in short spaces is as good as anyone. And, you know, you, you heard Coach talk about the athlete he is. He can do like a, uh, he can do, and I know this is not needed on the football field, but he apparently can do a, black, a back foot, a back flip off his left foot or his right foot. Like he doesn't need both his legs under him to do that sort of thing. So, I, I mean, he must be just an extraordinary athlete. And some of those 40 times sometimes, I don't know how true they are to how a guy, a guy plays, right? So sometimes guys are speed merchants, but you don't see that speed show up.
3: Yeah, I mean, and it's I think nice that, to um, have it. Oh, I'm sorry, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Big Ant. It's, it's
5: nice to have it when you make a mistake. You, you hear the term right. make up speed a lot. And it's it's when when your footwork isn't quite right, when you get fooled on a route, if you guess wrong or if you're your stair step, you know, you get stair step by receiver and you get into your speed turn and you're not quite completely sure where he is. When you need to recover from a mistake, that makeup speed is key. But you, you think of a guy like a Darrell Reeves, you know, one of the greats of all time who just locked down the best receivers in football over a span of several seasons. You know, he I, I, I don't know what he ran in the 40. I don't know what he tested at when he came out of the combine, but he wasn't a guy who you necessarily saw having to, to close from mistakes over and over again. Or a Richard Sherman, who, you know, played a right. still at this point, deploys a similar scheme to what we're going to see the Bears using at times here where there's some off coverage There's not necessarily – Tracking a, a, a receiver across the field over and over again, but you do have anticipation with that. You do have proper footwork. You have the coordination that's necessary to be able to, regardless of where the route gets run, to be able to be in the hip pocket of that receiver. So, I mean, you know, coordination, timing, anticipation, ball skills, all those things can be just important for a high level DB than being a guy who runs a 4 3 who can recover from a mistake. Because everybody's going to make mistakes, but, mm-hmm. you know, you. If, if you're a guy who's less frequently in a position where he has to recover because he's done the initial parts of covering the route well, then not running a 4-3 doesn't kill you as bad.
3: Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting when he said, Coach Will Harris said, look, I know what he timed at, but this is a 4-4 guy. He plays at a 4-4 type speed. I think you touched on it, Big Ant. Uh, sometimes when guys know the scheme so well, when they say the game, their students, they can process information. They know where the ball is going. They get there a lot faster than to say a guy who doesn't. But like you said, if you do make a mistake, not having that makeup speed eventually catches up to you. But the the thing about the secondary that I've always find interesting when I study is a lot like offensive line play. It, all the parts have to work together in a puzzle and a certain coverage, right? And uh, that's where guys like Brisker and they have a safety, Eddie Jackson, who has great range, right? So mm-hmm. uh, they fit all these pieces together. Jalen Johnson. Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson, and now Kyler Gordon, and they're hopefully looking at having a much improved secondary from last year.
4: Uh, Jaquan Brisker, I'm just curious when you look at him as a starter next to Eddie Jackson, that seemingly he's more of a strong safety, right, than mm-hmm. a free safety, and Eddie can, you know, will then be allowed to do more things on the ball, whatever it is. I'm just curious, when you think about that Mike Brown, John Lynch, when you just think mm-hmm. about that safety position in this defense, would you imagine that's more Jaquan Brister or more Eddie Jackson?
3: I would say Jaquan Brisker. I would say you're yeah. talking about Bob Sanders type, right? Yeah. Mike Brown, yeah. Bob Sanders for the Colts, Lynch. And like you're saying, maybe free up Eddie to do a little different stuff, although we did see. Uh, the Bears defense last year used Eddie on short yardage situations on a bunch mm-hmm. of blitzes, and he was extremely effective, uh, surprisingly so, uh, for a guy who, who gets <laughs> a knock for not wanting to be physical, and, and sometimes out there doesn't look like he's very interested in tackling. So uh, these young guys will come in, right? And, and like Big Ant knows, and even you know, Molly, for being around the NFL, uh, when your room has a bunch of physical guys in it, you do not want to be the only guy on film not doing it, right? And and maybe they will demand from the secondary group, from what we heard about these two new guys in the secondary, that everyone raises their level physically and raises their level in tackling. And obviously, we could use them uh, touching guys down after they catch the pass. So that kind of discipline, which was missing last year, that kind of physicalness, that's what Coach Will Harris just talked to us about. We all understand when you get a guy's coach on, they're going to rave about him after the NFL draft. I thought Big Ant asked him a very fair question, and he answered it. And he answered it very, yeah. very clearly. Uh, but we will see, and I think they got, they, they infused that room uh, with two young guys who look like they want to get after the ball and get after people. Yeah. And remind it,
5: it, me, Mully, I, I want to come back to a, a comparison of because you're asking about Jaquan Brisker. Yes. Uh, he, his former... Uh, another Penn State Knitting line who Eddie Jackson hasn't played as well since Adrian Amos left here, mm-hmm. and there's a comp that I'd like to get back to between Brisker and, and Amos that I think is Let's fitting.
4: do that next. Let's hear from Brister, and we'll have a little conversation about him, and we'll keep you up to date on any moves – that the bears are making this is the draft show here on the score
2: we're back with the scores 2022 nfl draft special starring mully olin krutz anthony heron and mark grody on chicago's home for bears fans sports radio 670 the score in odyssey Hello. station hey, yes, sir, this is him. hey this is brian poles from the chicago bears how you doing man i'm doing well you remember being in my office not too too long ago? Yes, sir. I, I remember that. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, <laughs> I got a question for you. ready to be a Chicago Bear? Yes, sir. I'm ready to be a Chicago Bear for sure. No doubt. Awesome, man. <laughs> Hey, listen, so we're excited. You're going to be a difference maker on this team, man. Yes, sir. You just got to steal the giraffe. Yes, sir.
4: <laughs> hey, it's the draft show on the score. That is the voice of Jaqueen Bristner, the. Self-described steal of the draft. He's very excited to come to Chicago. And uh, the Penn State safety uh, gets the phone call from Ryan Poles. And, and it was interesting, guys, because Poles admitted he kind of got emotional when he called Kyler Gordon. He kind of choked up a little. But he, he seemed like he had his act together, uh, not uh, overwhelmed by talking to the safety. and and uh, And before we went to the break – uh, Anthony Heron mentioned, and we've got Anthony Heron with us, and, of course, Ole Krutz. And, Anthony, you mentioned that he reminded you a little bit of uh, of Adrian uh, um, uh, Amos? Adrian
5: Amos, yeah, yeah. his uh, his fellow Nittany Lion. Um, yeah. And when you think about it, I mean, Eddie, Eddie Jackson played his best football when Adrian Amos was next to him. And, you know, the, the way his career started off, when you have a, a veteran safety next to you who can be – the traffic cop back there who can be sort of the quarterback of the secondary, take all those responsibilities from Eddie Jackson. And Eddie was able to just sort of focus on on being a playmaker and not having whatever additional mental pressure came from Adrian Amos leaving. That does seem to have had some effect on Eddie Jackson. And then, uh, you know, because he's kind of a, a versatile athlete with ball skills and he's got such great range and everything. So he did start moving around in the Bears defense a lot more making some different types of plays, but not plays on the ball. Jaquan Brisker, you know, it can end up being asking a a lot of a rookie safety to come in and be the quarterback of the defense. So I don't necessarily expect that he's going to be the guy directing all the traffic immediately on the back end, but that is what he was for Penn State. And there's been, you know, a bit of a revolving door with several different safeties who started next to Eddie Jackson in the time since then. But for Jaquan Brisker, he, he is a guy. He'll be more likely the, the strong safety. He does have the ability the, to run the alley. There's no doubt about that. He's not quite the, the thumper that Adrian Amos could show himself to be, but he's a guy who can play that dual role. When when you're asking for which safety will be more in the box as far as just filling the alley versus the run, that will more likely be him. I, I did like, like Olin was talking about, where they started calling Eddie Jackson into some aggression last season but Jaquan Brisker is a guy who's got the ability to make plays on the back end he had several times over the last couple of years during his Penn State career where he had game ceiling interceptions just kind right. of being that that center fielder at time for the Nittany Lions and yeah I would say that well, I know you watch Kyle Hamilton a lot right at Notre Dame Mully and his you know he's a guy who his 40 time didn't end up having him be the top 10 maybe even top five pick that a lot of folks thought he would be but his anticipation, his knowledge of the opponent through film study, all those things really came out to, to show up in his game. And Jaquan Brisker, mentally for the position, has a similar type of aptitude there on the back end. So he's a guy, he does have, he, he won't just be the physical intimidator back there, he does have a good amount of playmaking ability. And you know, I think it's, it's just an interesting corollary that since Adrian Amos, who was the other most versatile safety as the last time Eddie Jackson had a guy who could fill both roles next to him that well. And Jaquan brisker is the type of guy that can do multiple roles on the back end also.
3: Yeah. And when you, when you talk about guys who have left and, and Eddie uh, hasn't played at that level for where they paid him, I think at the time was one of the highest paid safeties in the NFL. Yes. Uh, you got to bring up new Vikings defense corner, Ed Donatel too, right? And Ed was here. Uh, with Vic Fangio, and he was Eddie Jackson's coach. And Eddie's very good. I think they just took uh, Scene from Georgia, too, that safety. So she, it's interesting to see how he uses him up there in Minnesota and the way he develops. But uh, like you're saying, a Big Ant, on, on a football field, as we all know, uh, you're only as good as the guys next to you, man. And uh, you need someone who really – that's why when I we talked about offensive line earlier, I talked about getting – taller, bigger guys to play inside instead of all center types because you need guys who complement each other. And I think mm. you you make a very, very good point that when you watch Brisker at Penn State, his game seems to complement Eddie Jackson's very well. And I think that's what Ryan Pose, Eber and and defense corner Allen Williams, who is a secondary coach, I think that's what they saw on film. And they thought that putting those two together – match them together, and then maybe uh, they can have one of the better safety tandems in the NFL. And just uh, from a personal point of view, uh, I saw Mike Brown and just kind of reading about Brisker's story and him losing his brother and showing football character, coming back, and all the things he's been through and the leadership they talked about there at Penn State, even though leading in college and leading the NFL is two very different things. um, I I just find that that position always lends itself to leading The defense being vocal, getting guys lined up. Saw Mike Brown do that for years and saw that great Bears defense really take a hit uh, when he would get injured and be out. So that position, very, very important, I think, to this new regime.
4: Draft coverage on the score is presented by Amco Transmissions and Total Car Care. Call one 800 Amco for the nearest location near you. Uh, Olin, you mentioned something that I think is really an important point. When You talked about um, leadership and, and how it's different in college. You know, guys come out of college. I mean, we've seen, we've seen a lot of players that can divide a locker room and guys that can mess things up. But when you have guys, in, and this is one in, in Brisket, one of the things is he's supposedly a good leader, good locker room guy. Um, that's an important thing. But can you come in? To an NFL locker room and suddenly be the leader? I mean, even even you and they talk about Lucas Patrick as the you know he's got Olin Crouse type leadership ability. Can you have leader? Yeah, can you have that kind of <laughs> leadership ability if you don't have that playing ability? You know what I mean? No, no. Like it, you were a, you were an no, all-pro player. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that allowed you to be a leader when you came in as a 20-year-old. I don't think you were telling everyone where mm-hmm. to go.
3: Maybe. No, I, I barely said a word my, my first year, right? Because <laughs> you're, you're just trying to fit in on the team. Uh, you're just trying to play at a high level. And like I said, um, I was not a starter until my second year, and I needed that first year to learn from a veteran like Casey Wigman. And that doesn't mean that all these guys who come in uh, need a year to develop like I did. I, I just, that was my story. That's what I needed to do uh, to learn how to study film, to learn how to fit in with the offensive line room. But, uh, two things I think you can lead with Big Ant in the NFL. You've either been there a long time and earned your respect, and you've earned the, the people see that you know how to stick. Or like Amali's saying, you're a very, very good football player who does everything the right way. You get up early in the morning, you get to the building, you study, and people see you doing the little things right all the time. Can a young guy come in immediately, play at a high level, and show that he is a pro's pro, and earn people's respect early, definitely. Definitely a guy can come in and be vocal, but, but you got to be right if you're vocal. If you're screaming, <laughs> you're in this formation, watch this play, and you're wrong, you'll lose respect immediately in the NFL. The NFL is a very simple business, Big Ant. Help me get to my next contract. Make me a better football player. You do that, you'll turn yourself into a leader on any football team.
5: Uh, I'm looking forward to Mully and Hall to get kind of the, the compilation of how many different ways Mully pronounces Jaquan Brisker between have now I, and the I first time he makes yeah. a play right. for the Bears on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. It's going to make for a nice little I'm montage. Gonna, at some I'm going to butcher that. I can't even
4: read my own handwriting. Hey, Olin, is yeah. what you're talking about, like, it's a, let's just say, like, a rookie quarterback were to point out the wrong blitz and the guy just slapped his hand. <laughs>
3: Listen, Molly. Kind of I was—I I, I was telling <laughs> Kyle you're about to get yourself killed. <laughs> You are pointing at the wrong guy. Do not point at that guy. We got, and I didn't know it, it was a listen. We were in dire situations at that point. Uh, we already had lost Rex Grossman, and we need to keep Kyle healthy. I did not mean to slap his hand down, but sometimes on the field, uh, being nice doesn't work. So uh, <laughs> it was one
4: of the greatest things I've ever hope, seen out of. A I movie hope
3: film. I hope they don't find that film somewhere of uh, 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 me slapping Kyle Orton's hand. If I remember correctly, I think we were pretty close. Yes. Uh, to score in there, we're in the red zone. Yeah. I saw a red zone blitz coming. Change the point. Kyle, Kyle was trying to point somebody else. Uh, that's how you get your head taken off in the NFL. <laughs>
5: oh, that
4: is hysterical! Um, All right, I will butcher more names. We've got more names coming. And I'll destroy them. You know, it's part of it, I think, is being called mulligan. I can only pronounce, like, Irish surnames, I guess. We'll uh, we'll straighten it out. We'll do that next. It is the draft show on the score. <laughs> I was
2: in um, – I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania right now. Um, when I got the call, I was just you – know, I seen the, the Illinois – I seen Illinois, like the state. I'm like, oh, that's Chicago right there, you know. Uh, you know, I asked the phone. And, you know, Chicago Bears right there. So, you know, it was a crazy experience.
4: It's so much fun to have a draft show. And we've got Anthony Heron and only Cruz, And that is Jaquan Brister mispronouncing Illinois. So it happens to everyone.
3: Mm. What
4: are you going to do? <laughs> uh, it happen- happened funny. to me when we- I
3: first started radio, Molly. Uh, people call me an idiot all over Twitter. But I learned quickly. Uh, most of my vocabulary has improved since I started radio, and because of Twitter. Yeah, yeah Twitter and, uh, helps. Uh, there's actually a word, Big Ant. I won't say what he said on the text, but he used a word today I had to look up when he texted me or something about uh, antiquated. So I just had to look that up for a cute, quick second, and I used that twice in a sentence today. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Our it's horizons good to be learned. I appreciate it, Big Ant, man. Thank you.
4: We've got uh, we've got more Bears selections. Let's get to our guy Mark Grody. He is going to fill us in on who they've been taking.
6: Yeah, guys, it's uh, interesting. One of the things that Ryan Poles pointed out to us earlier this week in, the, in this pre-draft press press conference was all of the available running backs that that exist and the talent that is out there. And with one of their sixth-round picks at 203 overall, they have taken running back Preston Ebner out of Baylor. 5'11, 216, 4'4", a straight line runner, hits the hole hard. Um, he is really adept at catching the ball out of the backfield. And one thing too, added to all that, he, along with being a key running back, he also was a very good um, all-conference type of special teams player as well so they get a running back Um, also in the sixth round they chose another tackle in Zachary Thomas out of San Diego State now interestingly enough he's a guy that uh, we were told by one of the the area scouts by the Bears that he can play left tackle he could play right tackle but it it sure appears that he will project as guard at the NFL level if he if he does crack the 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 lineup. Um, Another guy too that I know we talked about earlier, gentlemen, in the fifth round, the Bears went with an edge rusher in Dominique Robinson out of Miami, Ohio. We just got a chance to talk to him as well. And you know when I was talking to you guys earlier, one of the scouts said, yeah, this is this guy is possibly a little bit of a raw prospect as an edge rusher. And I thought it was interesting that when we talked to Dominic Robinson himself, again Ed Rusher out of Miami, Miami of Ohio in the fifth round, he admitted it. He said, "I am very raw at this position." He is again a for people who didn't hear, he is a converted wide receiver. He says that he's really basically only got one move to the passer and that he, he's got to learn more moves. He admitted that, and I thought this might have been the most interesting part about it. He says one of the guys who he is trying to emulate and trying to learn from and watching a lot of film of is Leonard Floyd, a former Chicago Bear, uh, who obviously has gone on to the Rams. And I guess the reason in part that they want him to learn from him is that they are similar body type. so I guess in terms of athleticism and when we know that that's what Leonard Floyd was when he came to the Bears we all everybody knew he was an athlete but could he put on the necessary weight to get through offensive lines and and sack the quarterback so that's that's something of a comp right there of course Leonard Floyd was not nearly as raw though as uh, Dominique Robinson out of Miami Ohio.
4: Uh, hey, the Bears are on the clock right now, by the way, right? I believe they are about to make another selection. Olin, you want to break down Zachary Thomas just so we have one.
3: <laughs> yes, I do, actually. And it's, it's, he's kind of like we talked about with Braxton Jones, right? A guy, Another guy who played left tackle in college and moves very well. Zach Thomas moves well. and We heard them talk about, and uh, Big Ant alluded to, the kind of guy they are looking for. This is the kind of guy you put in an outside zone scheme And he uses his athleticism to beat people, not so much dominate guys and blow them off the ball. So uh, we see them going now with these body types a little taller, a little longer, and they can play both tackles and maybe either guard. So interesting when um, we looked at the Bears offensive line in the offseason, it's kind of what you thought they were missing as far as just getting bodies in there for competition and different kind of guys to compete in there and they went and got another guy just kind of like Braxton Jones and Zach Thomas, uh, another guy who played left tackle. Uh, they could play him at right tackle, but maybe compete inside a guard also.
5: Hey, Groats, uh, is is, is Groats still with us?
3: Yes.
6: Bye. I am still here. Yes. Yes.
5: Um, you, you've gotten to, uh, to get some detail on the, the conversation. We kind of touched on it early. We've been in and out a little bit, just kind of touching on a couple of aspects of, of Justin Fields and Ryan Poles, that developing relationship. And it, it was a really, uh, I thought, intriguing sort of look into Ryan Poles' approach in the fact that he was talking about recently just watching film on Prospects with Justin Fields. And just think about the, the way recently in the NFL where all these quarterbacks are taking agency of things and wanting to have you know, their voices heard within the process. And you know for a guy in Justin Fields who hasn't, certainly hasn't earned that with his performance yet, well, what were your takeaways from what you heard Ryan Poles talking about in the way that Justin Fields has sort of been a part of this process to some extent?
6: I think it was like one of the more – concrete things that I've actually heard in regards to Ryan the relationship between Ryan Poles and Justin Fields. Because up until then, we've heard very little in terms of a giveaway from Ryan Poles on exactly how he feels about Justin Fields, the player, and how he wants to bring along him along, and how much a part of the process he is going to be, and that was actually something exact and succinct to for, for those that are you know that want to see Justin Fields be around here for a long time and want to hear Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus say great things about Justin Fields. That that is that certainly was was one of those things that if you if you are gonna. You know, look at tape and watch prospects, and and learn what what Ryan Holes wants to see in players, wants to see in him, that might tell you. And I do stress might might tell you that he wants Justin Fields to be around for a long time because I've been using the word neutral, Anthony, to describe the way the the Bears have talked about Justin Fields. Nothing, nothing bad about him, or anything to indicate they don't like him. But they certainly have not gone out of their way to, you know, give him, you know, a round of applause or anything like that. So I thought that that was interesting and something that, you know, just gives us a little, a tiny bit of evidence as to what how they feel about him and what their relationship is with him.
3: And uh, well, now and Mark- we know who found Zach Thomas and Braxton Jones. And, and in the film room, it was Justin Fields who broke those two guys down. There you go. there is, two guys. we yeah. got a,
4: we got a, another draft pick here. And this mm. is one you really should be able to break down. Doug Kramer mm. from Illinois, their center.
3: Yeah. yeah Doug, been Doug, know him pretty well. Right. Uh, I know Big Ann has covered him. Also one of these COVID guys, right. That used another year uh, to develop his game. And it was in his sixth year at Illinois this year. Played really well. And again, uh, we see another guy who will fit into this zone scheme, get your hat across. So they're kind of filling these guys in now. Uh, a lot of competition filling on his offensive line. That's what you thought uh, when they were trading away all those picks and collecting picks. And, you know, Doug Kramer's kind of a guy that maybe a couple teams were interested in him as a free agent, free agent type guy, a guy you would have right. to compete for. But now that you get a few extra seventh-round picks, you can start to fill in – uh, the roster and these bodies uh, that that um, we we were saying they need they need uh, depth on their roster. So uh, Doug Kramer interesting interesting, interesting selection. Uh, I'm a fan of his. I like his game, uh, and he will come in there and provide them some depth and provide them uh, a competition at a position they needed at.
5: Traits come in all shapes and sizes, right, guys? And the the physical traits for Doug Kramer certainly aren't off the charts. You know, he he's one of these. You know, use the kind of quintessential try-hard sort of phrase. He's a guy who played a whole lot of football for the Illini. A couple of them on on really competitive teams, several years, not so much uh, on competitive teams, but was always that consummate leader, the the one in the locker room at the center position with a variety of quarterbacks in multiple offensive systems who was always that steadying presence on the interior for them. Wouldn't it surprise me at all if Doug Kramer was a – you know, a, a mid to late seventh round or an undrafted free agent or something to that extent, but with a, accumulating all these draft picks on this final day of the draft. And I, I think even to a certain extent, because the Bears didn't have a fourth round pick, it you know, they, they went ahead and took valus jones in the third when maybe he would have still been on the board at the start of the day today but there's some some wheeling and dealing going into making sure they get guys who they value at certain spots jones will be able to be an immediate contributor like we touched on earlier i think for a guy like doug kramer perhaps a a couple of the guys they take in the seventh round because they're going to have less legwork they need to do to accumulate undrafted free agents you know, maybe Doug Kramer is a guy who they could have seen coming off the board in the seventh, and they wanted to make sure not only the tangibles are, are suitable for what they're looking for within their scheme, but we do know the hits principle, the, the hustle, the running to the football, oh. all those things that Iberflus has talked about. Doug Kramer definitely fits that.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and now they have four guys on the roster that can uh, play center too. They got mm-hmm. Lucas Patrick, Sam Mustaford, the the addition of Doug Kramer, and uh, throw in Cody Whitehair just for the heck mm-hmm. of it
3: too. Yeah,
6: you know. all at once. Yeah, right. yeah you know what? Why a team not? of center. I think that I think Owen no, no, would like no.
3: that. No? why not? We, we we once did that with me, Garza, and Beekman. We just put three centers on the field. Uh, that didn't work out too well, to be honest. I was the tallest <laughs> guy. Uh, when I was the tallest, biggest guy leaving the huddle, that is a problem. Uh, like I said, you want some big guards out there now. So uh, yeah, that, you're know, the toughest guy. I don't know yeah. if you want to uh, uh, run screens all day long, but that would work. <laughs> All right, Mark,
4: we'll catch up with you a little bit later. We're going to catch up with Aaron Fernandez. He's the offensive line coach at Southern Utah. We'll talk about the new Bears. Uh, I don't know, left tackle, right tackle? We'll, we'll find out. We'll talk uh, to Aaron Fernandez when we come back here on The Score.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?